welcome to this special bonus episode of the KBB Review Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Davis. We're continuing our Insights 2023 series today, where we talk to KBB industry leaders about their thoughts looking back at 2022 and where they think the opportunities, pitfalls and growth lies in 2023. It's a fascinating look into the opinions of some of the sharpest minds in the industry. This week, I'm talking to Stephen Johnson, the head of KUKA in the UK. Now, his remarkable and rapid rise to the top has seen his brand become one of the most recognisable and respected in the sector. And Stephen has also lent his weight and support to several industry initiatives, including the Drive for More Qualified Installers at the BIKBBI and a substantial financial backing for the KBSA. So, we'll find out what he thinks 2023 has in store for KUKA and how he sees it playing out for the industry as a whole. But first... Make sure you don't miss any other episodes in this special series or indeed any episodes of the normal KBB Review podcast by following us in your podcast app of choice. You can find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify or quite frankly anywhere else you can get podcasts. And you can do that by simply searching KBB Review or one word. And you know what, while you're there you might as well give us a nice rating and review too as it really does encourage others to give us a go. So joining me now, as promised, we have Stephen Johnson from KUKA. Hello, Stephen. How are you, sir? I'm very well, Andrew. Thank you for having me. I hope you're OK. I'm very well. Thank you. Always good to hear from you. Now, look, let's jump straight in. You're a very busy man. Let's jump straight in by getting your assessment of where we are now as 2022 draws to a close. Before we look ahead, where is KUKA and where is this industry here and now as you see it? I think coming out of COVID and Brexit, we felt that 2022 would be a different kind of year. We, we really didn't know what to expect. I think we were all fortunate as an industry to benefit from the increase of demand that came with COVID. I think that brought some pressures. However, I think nobody predicted what would follow and what followed was shortages, wars. And I think it's been a really challenging market and put lots of pressure between manufacturers and their customers, the retailers. And I think it's been very challenging. But that aside, we're still seeing significant interest in the sector. Our growth levels are in line with 2019. So yeah, really challenging year, but optimistic that there is business to be had and business to be done. Well, let's carry on with that then and look into the next 12 months. Because, you know, we can see the bad news. There's so much uncertainty floating about. You're an influential guy. KUKA certainly is a brand that everyone takes notice of. So how do you see 2023 playing out? Really interesting, actually. I've reflected on this a a lot. Throughout my life in this industry, I think we've always been faced with challenges. The the financial crisis of 2007, 8, the recession, Brexit, covid uh, and interesting, yeah, cost of living brings another challenge. But for me, it affects a particular sector of the society. Uh, and I think it, it hits people most who are on lower income. So I think it, it's, it's a real, real concern. But again, when I look at the cost of living crisis, the, the attention of, of the consumers being switched to sustainable products, invest in products that will save you energy, water, invest in quality products. I think, yeah, we've got a cost of living crisis, but but that's brought benefits. And, and again, I look at the drive for sustainability, which is pushing people to spend more on better products. So really difficult market we perceive. However, absolutely fantastic opportunities. But I'm obviously also very conscious and really concerned about, yeah, the, the lower sector of, 
of the economy and, and your staff, your salary staff that, that are a, a mid-range, I think they're having a, a really tough time. So I think as a brand, we see positivity if we present our message well, but we also see it as a period where, yeah, we have to invest in our employees, care for them, look after them and make sure their well-being and welfare is really tip-top in this, in this challenging time. It's really interesting, isn't it, when you put that timeline of crises one after the other like that. We're waiting for normality to come back, but it hasn't been around for years. You know, I always keep joking that we better build into your budget uh, some kind of contingency for killer robots from the future in case one of us turns out to be the leader of the resistance. You know, it's the, the, <laughs> the confusion, uncertainty is almost the normality now, isn't it? Always. I look at the period with Brexit and when Brexit actually happened in December 2021, people said to me, wow, have you, what are you going to do? And I said, well, to be quite honest with you, the Brexit problem affected me as soon as we decided that we would leave the EU because the currency collapsed. So for three years leading up to the Brexit shambles that is and remains is, we were under really significant price pressure because of, of the exchange rate. So you're correct that in, in all my life in this industry, there's always been a crisis. And you touched on it really early on that strangely, in these markets, we always seem to benefit. And I'm hopeful that that will be the case. Well, look, you mentioned opportunities there. So where do you think those opportunities are? Because oh, I mean, it's easy to focus on sort of battling down the hatches when this kind of stuff is going on. But there's always a chance to, to grow your share of something somewhere. So if, you, if you're a retailer, where would you be looking? What would you be focusing on? Yeah, listen, for me, battling down the hatches is, is not a, a good option. I think if you retrench and retreat and lose sight of growth and, and drive for more and, and drive for ways to improve, I think you're in an, an exceptionally dangerous position. And um I always talk to my staff about the great Manchester United of many years ago, where they won everything, game after game, cup after cup, and they got carried away with themselves and they had no uh, succession plan. And I think you look at that club now, having all the successes in the world, having worked really hard, created a youth team, you now look at them and, and, and they're nothing like they used to be. So for me, it's about continuing to look to grow, drive your business and the cost of living crisis has brought a significant opportunity for us. There is a massive focus on sustainability and the government, all bodies, urging people to invest in energy efficient, water saving, better quality products so it lasts. So I think for me as an industry, we can look at the positives that come out of this. There is a huge awareness on sustainability which is driving customers to look at different products and they have an interest in it. So I think really, really positive and we there see an opportunity for growth. Yeah, that's fascinating, isn't it? Because I think that has been such a, an undercurrent of a topic for so long that the consumers just haven't been walking into showrooms and asking for it. But as you say, now the focus has switched from almost the recyclability of things to the longevity of things. And when you start looking at that, this industry is, can answer every single question. Yeah, we, we're a sustainable product and we talk all the time about energy, water and, and saving. And, and really, it was really challenging to engage customers and, and get them to understand it. But now they come asking us the question. So, it, yeah, really, really positive. And I hope as an industry, we can find a way to present a sustainability message that customers understand. So when we talk about sustainability, I think it can become a very challenging topic when we talk about emissions and global warming and ice planes disappearing. I think for the average 
man, lady in the street, that, that's so far removed that they, they don't know what to do or, or how to deal with that. So for me as an industry, we need to simplify sustainability and talk to customers, consumers in a way that is meaningful for them. So by selling them appliances that are energy efficient, water saving, by selling them materials that will last and explaining to them the benefits and the cost savings. Because for me, sustainability almost always equals a saving of some sort. Yeah, I mean, it's such a fascinating area. It's a big opportunity there, and I completely agree with you. But where do you think the real dangers and pitfalls are that need to be avoided? And what I mean by that is individuals can't affect the global economy. There's nothing you can do about that. But what can you control that you should be looking out for, do you think? I think as an industry, manufacturers and resellers need to work more in harmony. I have a real fear um, that the challenges of the past couple of years have driven a wedge between the manufacturer and, and retailer relationship. Uh, that's really been evident when I've been yeah, attending conferences and meetings. And, and for me, I want our industry to grow, thrive and be strong. And I think that relies on manufacturer and retailer working to a common aim, having an understanding of each other's issues, communicating clearly and working to yeah, make our industry great. I think we have a huge, huge challenge with apprenticeships and youth in the industry. I, I do a lot of work with Damien at the, at the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installers, and, and that's one side of the problem. But I think we have to bring new and innovative talent into our industry, and I think that has to be a focus for everybody. And I, I see I see that as a real challenge and something that I think as an industry we're struggling to correct and drive forward, and, and that, for me, could hamper our growth and development. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? During the lockdowns, when there was a, the, the massive boom was happening, there was such a shortage of installers that that became a real issue that everyone was talking about. But as, as that wave has slightly dissipated, the focus has gone off the need for to fill that installer gap. But I think that's one of the dangers is, I completely agree with you, is that the industry loses focus on that. Yeah, and youth in the whole industry, really. Damien obviously raised my awareness to, to the installer side of the business, and, and he woke me up in 2020 We've worked tirelessly for three years to, to correct that and try and bring some diversity into our workforce on the installer side, uh, some youth. And I have to say, it's been really difficult because the people aren't really there. So as an industry, I think really exciting time, really exciting opportunities. But I really want to see an investment by companies in the industry and in development of the people in youth. And I think we have to reinvent ourselves and that will rely on harmony as well. You've mentioned it a little bit here, but what do you think about consumers? How do you read their mindset over the next 12 months? Because obviously they're seeing all the same headlines. They're really watching the pennies. But kitchens and bathrooms, they're considered purchases. They're big investments in their home. And that doesn't always necessarily mean that that's what gets cut out in uncertain times. In fact, the exact opposite happened during the lockdowns, didn't it? People tend to nest. That's what they call it. Yeah, I agree with that. I see opportunities in a difficult market. I think there are some observations I make. I think you, you, you meet some, clearly in, in, in a period of high interest rates, wealthy um, individuals and people with assets and, and cash become more wealthy. So there's a part of the population that will be benefiting from the increase in interest rates. So I think typically that the high end of the market remains firm and potentially maybe a little bit more buoyancy. Uh, and, and I look at my tap as a product that could make somebody more sustainable. The challenge is the, the entry cost for somebody buying my product. So if you have to pay £1,000 for a tap, if you are a, a person of, of some means and you can afford to do that, then you, you access the benefits of 
saving the energy and the water. So I think promoting to that audience, and I think we'll see a growth in those type of clients investing in, in products that save energy and water. I'm unclear on whether the lower end of the market might potentially suffer because I think those are, are the individuals that are most affected by the cost of living crisis. But I think there might be also a shift from certain wealthy clients that invested in expensive kitchens. They might just hone that down a little bit and, and may and go buy their, their, their kitchen from more of the, of the mid-market. So I think there'll be some segment shifts I think there'll be more focus on, on sustainable appliances. And I think that presents us all, all with a, a really good opportunity. And I, I think that there's going to be investment in the housing market. I think we're short of housing. You look at the trajectory of new builds. I think there's going to be some buoyancy there. So for me, yeah, I, I, that's where I would see our focus. So let's talk about KUKA specifically now, because you know, you've know you always got lots of stuff going on, lots of big initiatives, big growth for you in 2022. Where are you investing and where are you planning to grow in 2023? Because you've always got one eye on the future. We've opened in, in Ireland in the process of fitting out um, an office and facility there for, for the south of Ireland, which was as a consequence of Brexit. Um, so we, we've put a firm base in Ireland. We've recruited. We, we have a 17-strong team there. Been struck by uh, material shortages and delays in my own fit-out. So I've, I've felt the pain firsthand of building materials coming late. But yeah, we, we're due to complete on that in, in the next week. We had operations across the country. We had an office in Brentwood. We had some facilities in the Netherlands. And we had an office in Manchester. Uh, what we have decided to do as the brand has grown is bring everybody onto one roof. So during the back end of this year, we will be enlarging our Manchester premises and we will have one super head office heritage facility in, in, in the centre of Manchester. So we're expanding that, that facility, which will be ready to go in May of next year. So we have another fit out there. And we have a focus on the engineering side of the business and we are launching a apprentice scheme where we're going to team up all our engineers with with a, a youth member and they will look to guide those individuals to be KUKA installers of the future. So we have a significant project with, with our engineering team and we are very focused on continuing the work with the BIKBBI. There's some really serious challenges there that we mentioned and and we're invested in that again with Damien this year. And we're really at a critical stage with that where we have to see other corporates help and take apprentices on or, or we're in danger of failing with that. And we are also working very closely with the KBSA. I think there's a, a real need for the industry to develop a strong voice, some unity, some harmony. I, I, I really want to see a really thriving industry and thriving industry bodies. And I think we've got a lot of work to do to start to see our industry move in that way. So for me, the hope is in, in 2023 that we can continue to grow the KUKA brand, which we will do, ensure we offer a world-class service. And I'm, I'm really focused on working hard with the KBSA and the BIKBBI to, to make those stronger industry bodies because i think they can be really valuable for us all that would be a very nice present for all of us this christmas wouldn't it so look Stephen, thank you so much for your time it's always so fascinating to talk to you and if i don't see you before have a great christmas and new year and you thank you very much andrew you take care really good to speak to you again